What's your plan for tomorrow? Are you a leader or will you follow? Are you a fighter or will you cower? It's our time to back the power. What's your plan for tomorrow? Are you a leader or will you follow? Are you a fighter or will you cower? It's our time to take back the power. The world is laughing at us. We've got to make them stop. And the world is laughing at us. They're laughing at the stupidity of our president. The world is laughing at us. They think we're stupid. The world is laughing at us. The world is laughing at us. The world is laughing at us. We don't want other leaders and other countries laughing at us anymore. And they won't be. They won't be. You'll be happy to know the president is back home at the White House after a doozy of a trip to the U.K. He was in London for the NATO summit, and it didn't end on a happy note. Trump cut the trip short after seeing a video in which a group of other world leaders who thought they were having a private conversation seemed to be talking about him behind his back. The NATO summit. It's the annual meeting of the world's most powerful alliance. Sort of like if the Avengers were extremely concerned about steel tariffs. And yesterday, the meeting got off to a rocky start. President Trump had a testy exchange with the president of France. He called out Canada for not pulling its weight financially. And he demanded that Germany stop pronouncing their W's like V's. <laughs> You're making Wiener Schnitzel sound way less funny like that. It's Wiener, not Wiener. <laughs> so Trump spent all day causing chaos at the NATO summit, right? And then later that day, it led to something that nobody has seen before. A bunch of world leaders caught on camera laughing at America's president <laughs> behind his back. Breaking overnight, a video that might just drive the president crazy. It appears to show the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, the French President Emmanuel Macron, and British Prime Minister Boris Johnson laughing at how the president conducted himself yesterday. Man. That, that video... That video is amazing for two reasons. One, it is crazy that we were able to hear a private conversation between major world leaders. Like, did they not know this was happening? And two, that when world leaders get together, they are gossipy bitches just like the rest of us. <laughs> like... <laughs> like... I thought... I thought after meetings with Trump, world leaders would be like, okay, we need to go back and draw up a new treaty. Instead, they're out here like, what was he wearing? <laughs> And the French guy's like, oh, so he can't speak English. I mean, I don't speak English, but he really can't speak English. <laughs> yeah, it turns out NATO is so catty, they should get Andy Cohen to host it. That's what they should do. <laughs> and while most people thought this video of world leaders trashing Trump was hilarious, there was uh, one person who did not find it funny. We've got the president leading a testy NATO summit. Leaders appear to be mocking him behind the scenes, and that was the last straw. The president responding right in front of the cameras. Take a look. Did you have a video of uh, Prime Minister Trudeau talking about you last night? Well, he's two-faced. The president was scheduled to have a press conference before he left, but during that bilateral meeting, after he was asked about this video that's going viral of Trudeau that we played for you, the president said, well, I don't think I'm going to have the press conference now. I think after my bilateral meetings, I'll just get on the plane and head back home. Yeah, in response to what happened... Trump called Trudeau two-faced and announced that he was leaving the summit early. I think they hurt his feelings. Oh. 
Yeah, it's like, it's like Trump was at a sleepover and all the other kids turned on him. You know, and now he's just there like, Mom, I know it's a day early, but can you come pick me up from NATO? And look, man, I know a lot of people don't like Trump, but I don't care who you are, man. Every single one of us knows this feeling. Huh? Finding out all the cool kids at school are laughing at you. <laughs> huh? And then you run home all the way crying. You know when you're a kid and you cry, you run with your arms dangling by your side. <laughs> <laughs> and for Trump, the most hurtful thing is probably the fact that Boris Johnson joined in. That's a shitty thing. That's shitty, Boris. That's a shitty move, Boris. That's your friend. You know who Boris is? Boris is that one kid you think is your real friend. And then you see him over there trying to fit in with everyone else, telling them your deepest secrets. Oh, and also, Donald told me he pees the bed. I tell you that in confidence, Boris. So shitty. So President President Trump was clearly hurt by what happened. He decided to head home early. But before he left, before he left, he tried to get back at all these other dudes by making some new friends. From the miracle meeting, President Trump has got lunch with a select group of NATO nations, what President Trump calls the two percenters. That's a group of eight other nations that are spending two percent of their GDP on defense. They include Bulgaria, Greece, Britain, Estonia, Romania, Lithuania, Latvia and Poland. Okay, this is just embarrassing now. (laughs) Trump's rolling with Romania, Lithuania, and Latvia because of what happened? It's almost like the popular kids dropped him and now he's eating lunch at the loser table. (laughs) And they're probably really nice. They're like, don't be sad, Donald. You can have some of my horse tongue. It's boiled and pickled. (laughs) To get away. So look, man, clearly NATO did not go well for Donald Trump. And I'll be honest, I don't blame the Donald for flying home early. Mr. President, you shouldn't be in a place where people are gonna laugh at you behind your back. You get on Air Force One and you fly straight back home where we promise that we will laugh at you to your face. Uh, welcome to Radio Revolution. I am the voice of the resistance, Benjamin Irizarry, along with my co-host, Leroy Kozier. Leroy, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Ben. How are you tonight? I'm doing okay, man. Just, you know, watching everything that's going on and, and, and trying to pay attention and, and keep up with, with everything. Things have moved fast. You know, we took last week off because of Thanksgiving, but a lot has happened in these last two weeks. Yeah, you know, I've I've uh, not kept up on everything, but I've uh, watched some things here, and it's like, all right, let's let's get to the let's get to the point here. Uh, Nancy you... Pelosi announced it today. Let's get the impeachment going and hammer home. Yeah, well, you know, one of the points they had the four legal scholars yesterday. And I know you watched part of it. We were we were messaging back and forth about it. You know, three of them were totally uh, for impeachment. One of them was not. And I, right. I don't agree with what he was saying. But at the same time, I do agree that they are trying to rush this thing through. They're just trying to push this thing through as quickly as possible. And if you go back to the Nixon impeachment, the Nixon, Nixon impeachment took about a year from the time that they found out that the Watergate was broken into until he finally resigned. And what happened in that time is, did, did you get that thing that I sent you with all of the uh, uh, arguments during the Nixon impeachment? Did you get to read that? Um, no, I didn't get to read that. Um, I kept trying, but it kept saying, um, 
not allowed to share or right. something like that. Okay. So you'll have to try some other medium to send that to me. All right, I'll try. But but basically, the reason why I wanted to send you that was because all of the Republican arguments from now were very, very similar to the arguments that they were making for Nixon back then. It was eerily right. similar. It was that that's why I wanted you to read it. But uh, so he defied congressional subpoenas also. And it went to the courts and went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court ruled against him. And two days right. later, after the Supreme Court ruled against him was when he resigned. He realized the jig was up. But in that year, what really happened was public opinion turned against him in that year. That's really what made Nixon resign. So what I'm asking here is why are the why are the Democrats in such an all fired rush to push this thing through? Part of what their drive is is because it's an election year. Right. If they don't hurry up and rush it through, if they let's say they delay a year, where we're going to be? We're going to be at the next election. So they don't want they want to get this all done before the next election. But I and just, that's the only way to do it is rush it. I don't I don't understand the rush. You know, let the thing play out however it's going to be. Let it go to court. Look, I think I think what Trump did was was dirty, and we've talked about this before on the podcast. But mm-hmm. but to sit here and try and push this thing quickly and expeditiously, you're not doing yourself any favor by doing that. So you know what is the end game here? If if it's to remove him from office, let the process play out. Let public opinion turn against him because right now public opinion is sitting right at 50 50 public opinion was at 50 50 when this whole thing started back in july and it's sitting right at 50 50 you know 48 52 whatever it's right there it, it hasn't moved any if you were for trump before all this started you're still for trump if you were against trump before this started you're still against him nothing has changed as far as public opinion goes no it's still about the same and I think actually the polling of whether an impeachment should, whether he should be impeached or not, I think it has kind of has fallen out of the Democrats' favor. As, as quick as they're trying to push us through, people are like, e- e- we're really, really not looking at an impeachment here. Well, some, but, of the, some of the polls are showing that Trump is actually gaining a little bit of popularity. He's gaining uh, his approval rating is actually, I think it's gone up by five points since all this started. Right. You know, and, and let's let's say let's play this out for a year, you know, like you did with Nixon, that, that's going to push us to an election. Can we legally have an election if there's an impeachment going on? Uh, I, I think so. I think it's required every four years. So, I mean, that right. that would not be superseded by the impeachment proceedings. Now, okay. the thing is this, you know, that if he loses the election next year, he could still be impeached. Yes. So, you know, so he's not out of the water. As a matter of fact, uh, somebody on Facebook today was talking about they were talking about uh, impeaching Obama, you know, post his uh, after his his term had already ended, which is ridiculous. But I mean, it it is a possibility. It can happen. Right. You know, and and I think I kind of hinted at that before. You know, let's say they do this impeachment. We know the Senate's going to kick it out. He's not going to be impeached. It, well, he's not going to follow through. Um, he gets elected again. I mean, is there a possibility he could be impeached twice? You know? Yes, because double jeopardy is not attached to impeachment. Right. There is no double jeopardy. Kick you out of office. There's no criminal proceeding involved. Right. 
So, so. but it's just crazy that the, all this is going on. You know, I was thinking this week about the monopoly. We we in this country do not like monopolies. You know, they're trying to break up Google and Facebook and and all of these big tech companies, and we don't like yep. monopolies. But the very people who are trying to break up these monopolies are a monopoly themselves. You have the mm-hmm. Democrats and you have the Republicans, and they have a monopoly on the political power in this country. Right. I mean, you know, it, I, it, go ahead. It's it's just amazing, you know, that those that have the power control everything want to make the rules and change them for everybody else. Right. Right. And I was thinking about that. that that's why I really, I really think it's time for more parties, Leroy. We have to have more parties in this country because, uh, you know, watching the Democrats and we talked about it before on the podcast, this should be so easy for them. I mean, everything is there. All the evidence is, is, is laid out. It should be the easiest thing they've ever had to do. They are screwing it up. And I predicted that I've said before that the Democrats could screw, screw up a two car parade and they're screwing up a two car <laughs> parade right now. Right. You know, and you mentioned earlier that, um, they had these scholars come in and, you know, they presented them with everything that they've been going on for all these past weeks, all this time, all this money invested. And it says, hey, in your opinion, is, impe- is this impeachable? Um, shouldn't you have figured that out before you spent all this time and money on impeachment and inquiry to make sure that it was impeachable to begin with? Well, I don't know. I think they were just doing that to show to the American people that, hey, you know, this stuff is impeachable and. You know, also, I found out uh, we were talking about it last time about high crimes and misdemeanors. High Mm -hmm. crimes and misdemeanors means anything that the House means it can say it. There's no there's no bar or there's no, you know, this or that as far as it is what the House says is a high crime or a misdemeanor. But I thought it's a catch all. Yeah, I thought what was funny was. When the uh, the legal scholar, the one that was the, the one that was pretty much for the Republicans, was saying that that Bill Clinton's uh, behavior was extremely impeachable, and Donald Trump's behavior <laughs> now is not. I, I was like, huh? Right. He's like, uh, was it maybe not quite appropriate? Yeah, but is it impeachable? No, it's definitely not impeachable. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I wonder who who. Who called those witnesses? Obviously, three of them, the Democrats called. Was the fourth one, one that the Republicans called? Was that how that worked? Well, well no, no. He said that he was there as a scholar and out, not as anything political. So, <laughs> Well, he certainly seemed to be taking their side. And, of course, our, our guy, uh, uh, Jeffers, you know, didn't ask any questions, but all he sat there and did was, was a, a claim that the whole thing was unfair. Right. You know, that is his whole role in this thing. His whole role is to be a bulldog for Trump. That is all mm-hmm. he is there to do. He is not there to ask questions. He's not there to find any truth. He is not there to, you know, he, his only role is to, is to slam this whole procedure that he is participating in from the get-go that the republicans are all sticking with trump they're you know they're not going to change their mind at this point no they're not going to change their mind and it seems that the american people are stuck there too right you know and the polls are showing that that you know like you said trump's even coming back into favor a little bit so um we we you know we've we've said the senate is going to not decide that he's going to be impeached and 
it's going to come down to the 2020 election. So. It's definitely going to come down to the 2020 election, which, by the way, let's talk about the Democratic side. You know, Kamala, okay. Kamala Harris dropped out this week. I know you know that. Uh, C-Stack yep. dropped out. Uh, Bullock dropped out. So we're having these people that are now starting to, to drop out on the Democratic side. And for all of the surging of Pete Buttigieg and Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and all of these other candidates, they still have not caught Joe Biden. So in my estimation, Joe Biden will be the Democratic nominee. Right. You know, and, you know, like I said, you know, there's been several dropout. Kamala, I mean, we've kind of had talked about her a little bit. There was no way in heck that she was going to get the nomination, um, at least not this year. Doesn't say that, you know sometime in the future, but um, with all these uh, dropouts, what do you think about uh, newcomers coming in like Bloomberg? What do I think about Bloomberg? Gee, another billionaire. Here we go. Another rich guy. (laughs) Another rich guy telling us that he has all of the solutions to all of our problems. Didn't we just try that? Well, yeah, we tried it, and it's worked somewhat, and maybe not so what, but well, I, I'm not so sure that um, I'm ready to go for another uh, uh, rich, rich person in there right now. You know, well, well, you know, and he also touts his record as the mayor of New York. Well, guess what? Who was the mayor of New York before him? Rudy uh, Giuliani. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. God. So you heard that Rudy's in Ukraine, huh? Is he? I don't know. I, oh, yeah. He, he, He's dropped out of the news. I haven't seen much about him lately. So. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in Ukraine, and he uh, he is promising now a big announcement about Joe Biden coming up real soon. Oh, well, can't wait to hear it then. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, I see all of this going on, Leroy. I think I might as well just throw my hat into the ring, man. I'm announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. You know what? You got my vote, and... Heck, I'll, uh, if you'd be more than willing, I'll be your vice president. Let's go for it. All right. Sounds good to me, man. Hey, look, everybody well, else is doing it. So, I mean, we had that Duval Stevens. He's also throwing his hat into the ring late. Uh, Michael <laughs> Bloomberg spent $37 million on uh, TV ads. And I'm starting to see the ads. Every time Every time I see one, I'm like, Sherry, he spent $37 million on that ad, you know? Right. And, uh but my only problem is, Leroy, I don't have $37 million, dude. Yeah, I, I don't either. Um, I, I think you know, I, I kind of mentioned that I was tired from working some extra hours. I, I took another part-time job just to kind of help make things uh, meet here through the holidays. So. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, I know. You haven't, you haven't taken a second job. Yep. Got a full-time job and a part-time job. My wife works full-time and just uh, try and make ends meet. And you you know? guys are just Except barely making while. it. Everyday family, so. Man, my heart goes out to you, man, because, I mean, you know, Sherry works Sherry works 40 hours a week. I work eh, anywhere between, between 20, 25 and 40 hours a week because I work at a restaurant job, you know, so I make tips also. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah. you know, we're okay, but, I mean, it's not like we are – we're not definitely not rich, <laughs> you know, I mean, we pretty much live paycheck to paycheck and we have to watch our money. And, you know, I I mean, everybody should, but, you know, it would be nice for us to be able to put some stuff away. We want to buy a house and there's things that, you know, we would like to do. And we're just not able to do that, you know, and we, we both work. 
Right. It's not like we're sitting on our asses and, and waiting for some check to come in or, you know, we don't play the lottery every week, even though she wants to, you know, right. I, I mean, but it, we should, we should be able to get ahead and we're not able to in this economy in the way that it's set up right now. Right. You know, and, and that's, and that's what I see for, you know, the, the typical American, you know, it's, we're out here holding, you know, two full-time jobs, part-time jobs, you know, just to, just to keep food on the table for our families and the roof over our head, you know, and you know, you get these, these career politicians out there and they're worth millions. And it's like, are you really doing what's in the best interest for the American people? You no, know? no, they are not. They're not so, doing what's in the best interest for the American people at all. I mean, I've been saying that now on this podcast, what I start to, I started this podcast back in uh, July, but I was saying that years before that, you know, I, I, I started coming to these realizations and I started seeing these things and it just doesn't make sense to me anymore. You know, what are we doing in this country to where we don't, and I've said it before, we don't want free health care. We want affordable right. health care. Make it fair. Right, right, right now, it's not fair. You know, Trump has has that new bill that he was touted, that he was touting, and he was saying, "Oh, all the hospitals now they have to inform you when they are going, uh, what their prices are." Well, that's all right. That's all well and good, but that's not helping. You know, so right, you know, he said that the American people were getting ripped off. So, in other words, what you're saying, this new bill that you put for, all they have to do is announce now that they're ripping you off. Right. You know, they, they come out and say, okay, you need to have this done or you're going to die, but this is what's going to cost. And they're like, hmm, yeah, I can't afford that. So just let me die. You know, it's like, come on. I mean, that's what it, it that's seems not like. What we want. We want to be able to have the procedures and the medications and the things we need without bankrupting us, you know? And, and just for example, the, we just recently switched pharmacies. And I, I went to pick up one of my wife's um, insulin medications. Now, it's just one vial. That's, that's all I was getting. Right. Now, she can get multiple shots out of this. But when I went, you know, hey, I'm here to pick this up. And they're like, okay. And they get it. And they're like, um, do you have insurance? I'm like, oh, yes. By the way, here's my insurance card. And they're like, okay. That's much better because it's $950 without, but it was only $25 with insurance. Get out of here. It's one vial. Almost a thousand dollars for this one vial that she needs to keep her blood sugar under control, you know. And it's like that's what we're talking about. This needs to be affordable for everybody. It needs to be fair. That's all we're asking for, you know. Right. I mean, you know, Medicare for all, single payer system, all this this crap. I don't care. Make it fair for everybody. Right. That's all I want. You know, and that's- Yep, and that starts with the with the companies and saying you can't charge thousands of dollars for this life saving medication. But they're not going to do that because they make money because, on it. They're, they're, the insurance companies are basically a middleman. Yep, know? and we need to cut out that middleman. That's right. really what needs to happen because they make money uh, uh, being there in the middle and being the the portal to to healthcare. That's what the insurance mm-hmm. companies are. They're sitting there and right. they're the doorkeepers to healthcare and they'll deny you in a heartbeat. If they get a chance oh, yeah. to, they will deny you coverage for whether it's a procedure or whether it's medication, mm-hmm. they will do it in a heartbeat if we allow them to. And right now we allow them to. Right. 
I, I just wish some candidate would come up and they would say, you know, I've been listening to Bloomberg and he does make a lot of sense, but I don't know if I trust him. He's not in touch. If you he's a he's sixty two billion dollars or however many billion dollars he has, he's not right. in touch with guys like you and me. You know, and, and that's kind of what we've seen is those that have the money can get all the campaigns out there and you know get all the campaigning out there and everybody sees that's what people pay attention to is like oh that's the guy because they're not seeing everybody else you know you know he said earlier hey I'm not my 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 candidacy for president how are you going to get out there. You know, people don't see you and all that, you know, because you don't have the money. It's like, well, uh, everybody that's gets what we need, though. Everybody gets a free iPhone 11. <laughs> and that, that'll satisfy the Democrats, right? And then, uh, and then for the Republicans, we don't allow any illegal aliens in the country at all. Okay. There you go. Yoda, because, uh, Yoda is not allowed iPhone. in. Uh, ET <laughs> is not allowed in. Uh, Chewbacca is not allowed in. Uh, well, the, the, okay, the green chick from Star Trek, the one that Captain Kirk made out with, well, yeah, she is allowed in. We'll, we'll yeah. let her in, definitely. You know? but, <laughs> Maybe Baby Yoda because he's a baby. I'm trying. I'm trying to satisfy both sides here. You know, so since the Democrats like to give away free stuff, everybody gets an iPhone 11. Since the Republicans don't like aliens, no illegal aliens. We'll set up. We'll, we'll, we'll build a wall. Uh, uh, like 30 miles in space. So that way there you go. nobody gets in. We'll just, we'll just um, put this shield up, you know, just like in, um, what was that? Space balls over the planet. You know, there's a shield over the planet that you got to open up and let, let people in. Well, we got to put this fake space force to work, you know? <laughs> hey, don't rule them out. So. <laughs> oh God. Do you really believe that's going to happen? Well, you know, there's all these conspiracy theories that there's already a military base on the moon. So <laughs> when when we get dilithium crystals, then I will I will believe in space force. Uh, I cannot push you anymore, Father. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last thing I want to talk about, and I played it at the top of the podcast, was uh, all of the world leaders laughing at Donald Trump. Uh, at the NATO summit, he and, and you know, I played it earlier about he was saying they're going to stop laughing at us. All the world is a, says we're a laughing stock, and they're going to stop laughing at us. Well, they're not. They were having a good old belly laugh at Trump's expense, and he ended up leaving the summit early because of it. You know, it it is what it is. I mean, you're not going to please everybody all the time, or some of the people part of the time, but you know, it's. It is, you know, when you've got to leave as a world leader, when you're getting laughed off the stage and you got to leave because of that, I mean, that, I don't know. <laughs> well, even Boris Johnson, who is who is supposed to be Great Britain's Trump, was was in on that. And it's just like, you right. know, it was just like, wow, just to see that, how far we've fallen. Because they showed, right. a, they showed a picture of the last NATO summit that Obama went to. And Obama was was one of the most popular people there. You know, everybody wanted to photograph with him. Everybody wanted to sit with him. Everybody wanted to, you know, exchange with him and and talk to him. And you see Trump and it's just like, did you see the exchange with him and Macron where they were just going back and forth at each other? No, I'd missed that. I hadn't seen that. Ooh, it was not pretty. It was (laughs) not pretty, man. 
Macron is just like sitting there in this bold stance and, you know, Trump is there and he's taking questions about the impeachment and it's just, it's just, it's turned into a circus, Leroy, you know, and I, I know that, you know, you voted for Trump. I know that maybe you're having second thoughts, but if they run Biden against him, you're going to vote for Trump, aren't you? Oh yeah. There's, see? there's no doubt. There. See, you know, oh. and why not Tulsi Gabbard? Right. And as I said, uh, that would be one that I would uh, seriously consider voting for Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi's got balls, man. And she took on she took on Hillary. You know, when Hillary tried to smear her and everything, she took her on head on. I think a lot of people who are on, you know, your side of the fence would enjoy that Would say, hey, you know, she looked Hillary square in the eye and told her, you know, you're not going to do this. And you're a queen of the warmongers and. You're part of the big problem, and you know she, that that takes balls to do that, man. I gotta admire her for doing that. I wish that that the Democrats would give her more of a chance, because to me, she is the one that could lead that party, and and, and she would she and she's a woman. You know, she'd be the first woman president. I mean, yep. you know, she's a veteran, and I I think she's genuine when 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 she when she talks about caring about the working class and caring about the middle class. Do you know somebody took me to task because I said the word working class? This guy, what? He's, he's yeah, he's a union uh, steward or a union arbitrator or something. And uh, I was talking about it on Facebook. And this guy was like, oh, working class is an insult. And I'm like, are you out of your mind, dude? I was like, no, man. I said, I came up in the working class. I used to go on picket lines with my dad. You know, sure. I mean, right. Working class to me is not an insult. Working class to me is a badge of honor. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, do we even got to make that politically correct now? Come on. What the, what's, you know, but um, yeah, but Tulsi, like, like you said, with her standing up to Hillary, I think that because of Republicans just hating the Clintons, I think that was wasting people because she stood up to Hillary. So even though she's a Democrat, but like I said, I, I, I would seriously consider voting for her. So, but. Again, I think Biden's getting the nomination, and it's not going to be an option. So, yeah, here's what we're going to do. So next week, I have Donna Deegan coming on. She is uh, running for the fourth district office here in uh, in Jacksonville. So mm-hmm. let's reconvene uh, two weeks from tonight. Okay. Okay. For uh, for this, after I do the Donna Deegan interview, and uh, we'll see what happens in the next two weeks, man. Well, a lot can happen. That's going to be right before Christmas, so you know we'll see how my uh, we'll see how my presidential bid is going. All right, <laughs> all right, Leroy, man, it was great talking to you. All right, nice talking to you again, Ben. So, all right, Leroy, we'll see you later. All right, take it easy. You too. Once again, I'd like to thank my co-host Leroy Kozier for coming on and helping me out. I really appreciate it, man. You've really brought something to the podcast. Thank you, buddy. I'd also like to thank all the loyal listeners, all of you who listen to Radio Revolution week after week. But most of all, I would like to thank all of the Trump supporters who put that clown in the White House. Thank you so much for motivating me to make this podcast. And I would love to hear from you. So you can uh, email me at radiorevolution409 at gmail.com. That's radiorevolution409. That's all lowercase letters, 409 at gmail.com. Tell me I'm full of shit, you know, or tell me you like the podcast. You know, I'd love to hear from you. 
Once again, this is the voice of the resistance, Benjamin Irizarry, signing off. Thank you for listening to Radio Revolution. Radio Revolution.